we are back in the book of Jonah, uh, looking at lessons in obedience from Jonah's life. We're on lesson number five. We're just getting ready to start Jonah chapter number two. Uh, last week we saw the Jonah take a swim. We saw the men throw him overboard, and uh, he is still in complete rebellion, trying to to run as far away from God as he possibly can. And uh, we're going to see that he is going to get there, um, but he's not going to like what he sees. So Jonah chapter 2, and we're in verse number 1, and we're going to go through the whole chapter today. So Jonah chapter 2 and verse number 1 says, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou, thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even the soul. The depth closed me round about, the weeds were wrapped about my head, and I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever, yet thou hast or yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption. O Lord my God, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. Uh, we thank you for this glorious day. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to hear your truth. Lord, I pray that this truth would enter our hearts, Lord, that it would take root and it would grow, that we would not just hear it, but, but Lord, it would change us, that we would become doers of your word. Lord, that we would not have to come to the end uh, as Jonah did, but Lord, that we would be sensitive to your spirit, guiding and directing. Lord, that we would obey your voice immediately that we wouldn't have to be persuaded over and over again so god please guide and direct today lord let us hear your word and let us obey lord we love you and we thank you it's in jesus name we pray amen finally finally jonah prays to god after all that he's been through speaking to god or hearing from god in in the beginning of jonah chapter one and fleeing to tarshish and the storm and uh, arguing with the mariners and, and being thrown overboard, being caught in his sin, Jonah is finally praying. But it's amazing what it took to get him here. Jonah, uh, it seemed that he was so confident, confident while he uh, thought he was getting away with his sin. Isn't that all of us? Uh, you know, we... we I uh, think we can hide things from those around us. We think we can hide things from God. And, and we're, we're, we're confident in what we're doing until we get found out. He confidently boarded the ship. He confidently went to sleep in the bottom of the ship. And he confidently told the men to throw him overboard, thinking that in all this he could escape God. He wanted to die. It was the only way that he could get away from God. But for all Jonah's confidence... His resolve failed when he saw what the Lord had in store for him. 
when he saw hell, Jonah's heart failed. We need to understand that hell is a real place. I, I was speaking to the neighbor the other day, and or no, I'm sorry, I was speaking to Fred the other day, and he made the comment, and I've, I've made it many times uh, before I got saved and since I got saved, that uh, speaking of going through hell on earth, uh, you know, men that, that have fought overseas, uh, we think of it was just D-Day was just not that long ago, wasn't it? Um, the, the men that, that took Omaha Beach and Normandy and, and they went through traumatic, traumatic experiences and, and they would liken them to hell on earth, but uh, I don't think we truly understand what hell is and how bad it's <laughs> going to be. But mainly because we don't think it's a real place. But Moses wrote of hell. In Deuteronomy 32, uh, Moses is, is writing here of, of a very real place called hell. Deuteronomy 32. And we're just going to start in verse number 15. But Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked... Thou art waxed, waxen fat, thou art grown thick, thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God which had made him, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods, with abominations provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. Of the rock... Notice that word rock is capitalized. Of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful and hast forgotten God that formed thee. And when the Lord saw it, he abhorred them because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their evil end shall be, for they are a very froward generation, children in whom is no faith. They have moved me to jealousy with what with that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities, and I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. For a fire is kindled in mine anger, and shall burn under the lowest hell, and shall consume the earth with her increase, and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. I will heap mischiefs upon them, I will spend mine arrows upon them. They shall be burnt with hunger and devoured with burning heat and with bitter destruction. I will also send the teeth of beasts upon them with the poison of serpents of the dust. The sword without and terror within shall destroy both the young man and the virgin, the suckling also with the man of gray hairs. Moses writing and speaking of God sending them to the lowest hell, the fires burning in the lowest hell. The word hell is used in our English Bible. In the King James Bible, it's used 54 times throughout the Old and New Testament. And it's alluded to many more. Um, in, in the Gospels, Jesus calls it a place of outer darkness, a place that burneth with fire, a place uh, of torments where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, uh, where the worm dieth not. Many will talk about uh, the worm and, and they'll... They'll not under, they don't believe that it has anything to do with the human, but uh, many will also say that the worm is our, our torso. If you remove our arms and our legs, we look like a worm, just from 
the waist up with our head, we look like a worm. But hell is a place of torment forever. We also need to understand that hell was not created for man. Hell was created for the devil and his angels, for his fallen angels. It was created to punish them. I know I've spoken of this before, but uh, hell was created to punish a being that destroyed some 70,000 humans in one day. Something that's far more powerful than we are. And yet, we just, we take it so very lightly. And I believe, not everyone believes this, but I believe right here in Jonah chapter 2 that Jonah actually went to hell. It says in verse number 2, Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. It says further down that uh, he went down to the bottom of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Uh, the gates of, of hell, hell is a prison. It is a place of, of punishment. And the book of Revelation speaks of sending a, an angel to the bottomless pit with the keys to the gate to open it up and to allow uh, Satan to come back out for a thousand years. It would seem that Jonah didn't like what he see, saw when he got there. So he finally prays and God brought him out. I believe this is the only time that's recorded in the Bible where a person has prayed and allowed to return from hell. And I don't believe it will ever happen again. Uh, except for Satan being loosed for that thousand years. But Jonah still had work to do. And God still wanted him to do it. In Luke 16, Luke 16, we see uh, probably the clearest picture of what hell is like, um, but it is still nothing compared to what it really is. Luke 16 and verse number 19 says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gates full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but... Now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. It's quite an interesting uh, <clears throat> commentary on today's world. We know that Christ rose from the dead, that he was there, that he was in paradise. He was uh, went down and got the keys to hell and, 
and he is now seated at the right hand of the Father, and so many still refuse to believe him. But this rich man was so tormented that he just wished for a drop of water to be put on his tongue. A drop of water. And when that couldn't happen because of the great gulf that neither could come, could cross from either place, that they wished that Lazarus would go and, and go to his brethren and tell his brethren so that they don't come to this place. And I really think that this casual understanding of what hell is and, and not understanding how bad it truly is is what keeps us as Christians from really, truly serving the Lord. We, we are, as Christians, we are saved. We, we know we're never going to see this place of hell, but we don't understand what it truly is, so we neglect to try and warn others. And I know that, that those of us that are here today, we, we're getting ready to go down to the park, and we're getting ready to do that, and we're doing our best to, to reach out to everyone that, that we can. But so many aren't. And we're not even doing all that we could. But Jonah, Jonah sees hell, and he doesn't want to be there. And he finally prays, but when you look at Jonah's prayer, it's not from a heart full of repentance. It's not from a heart that truly wants to desire and serve God. It's from a heart that just says, uncle. It says, I've had enough. Uh, we watched the Christmas story last year at Christmas time. And uh, the bully comes in and, and he's got one of them by the arm and he's just telling them he's wrenching on it telling them to cry uncle to just to give up to say I've had enough and when they do he, he lets it go he lets them go and, and they have no more pain and that's where Jonah is at right now he's, he's, he's gone through so much and he's gone through so much pain and he just says fine I'll do what you want me to do he's doing God's will because God is punishing him not because he truly wants to serve God. And we're going to see that through the rest of the book. He still very much has his rebellious spirit. But God in his mercy and in his grace, his, his mercy for Jonah, his grace for Nineveh is going to go ahead and he's going to bring Jonah back. He's going to take Jonah out of that real place of hell, that place of torments, and he's going to put him back on the shore and get him back where he started. He speaks to the fish and or to the whale, and the whale vomits him out. And it, the Bible literally says that he vomited him out. I, I can only imagine how he looked when he ended up on shore. Um, a couple of years ago in... in uh, Missouri, our VBS was out of the book of Jonah and we built a, a big whale. We had on the platform, we had uh, stairs that went up into the balcony on each side of the platform. And uh, so we built a whale's head uh, off of one of the sets of stairs and Wyatt was Jonah and he got vomited out into the, onto the platform. And uh, it was not nearly as effective as it could have been, but it was still pretty funny. But Jonah literally is, is being wretched out onto the shore and, and being covered in 
all of the goo and the, the seaweed and all of the things that come with being drowned in the ocean. And he has to pick himself up and, and go to Nineveh. And we don't know, uh, we don't see in chapter 3 that Jonah took a shower and cleaned himself up. We just know that the Lord sends him and Jonah goes finally. But we do know that even in all of this, Jonah still had that heart of rebellion. That he still just hated Nineveh and wanted to see it destroyed. But the thing that we need to understand at this point is that all of this never had to happen. If Jonah had just obeyed from the beginning, uh, be a much shorter book, but we would have gotten the same results from Nineveh and no one would have had to suffer. If Jonah had just called at any time on the ship, had called out to God, when he got on the ship, when the, when the, the shipmaster came and said, pray to your God, if Jonah had just right there prayed, God would have done an amazing miracle. More than likely, God would have calmed the storm and they would have realized that the ship was back at the shore and Jonah just had to walk off the ship. If Jonah, instead of saying, throw me overboard, had said, turn around and go back and take me back, God would have allowed that. But Jonah had to be punished. If he would have just repented, there would have been so much less peril and so much less suffering. But it took Jonah dying and going to hell to understand his position and to seek to obey. What does it take for us? I know I'm speaking to Christians here in front of me. I don't know who's listening online, but I know that here in front of me are people that love the Lord. But I know that in each and every one of our hearts, there's something that we're ignoring from God. There's something that God is pricking our heart to do that we are just not willing to do it. I know I spent uh, three years trying to come anywhere but here. Trying to find every little small town and every little church that needed a pastor that I could go and and I didn't have to come here. I knew then that this is where I needed to be. What is it going to take for us to just listen and obey? <clears throat> in grace, God revealed himself to those sailors. And in mercy, he brought Jonah, who was still very much in rebellion, back to his task. Let's not be Jonah today. Let's keep short accounts with God and, and keep a good spirit about obedience and correction. Let's seek to follow, to hear that still small voice and to follow it. This morning we, in Sunday school we looked at uh, a couple of passages uh, of the the evil spirit that left and came back and, and brought seven others with him. God repeated that. God repeats himself many times in the Bible. He only gave us this much for us to live by. And in several places, he chose to repeat himself. 
That's because those are important things. The things that hold us back uh, from being able to truly hear that still small voice and being able to truly obey are small sins. That, that evil spirit from this morning that brought seven others back, was he was able to come back because nothing had been put in his place. Because even though he had been evicted from the house, no one else had moved in. The good hadn't come in. We need to get the world out of us and fill it with God so that we can hear. We cannot be separated from our Heavenly Father. Now, we have our fire insurance. We're not going to hell. But that's no excuse for us to, to not serve the Lord that loves us. The Lord that died for us. That's no excuse for us to just live how we want. God didn't save us to live how we wanted. God saved us so that we could live for Him. So that we could be the light and shining witness. The bright and bold, effective witness for Him. I think of men like Paul. Who was a persecutor. Who was murdering Christians who would have, when he was Saul of Tarsus, would have would have killed you and I for doing this very thing today. But when he found the Lord, when the Lord found him on the road to Damascus, he was completely changed. He knew where he had been. He knew what he had done. He didn't forget his past. And he was extremely thankful that God still loved him. Jonah Jonah is just doing this because he has to. And we're going to see that through chapter 3 and chapter 4. We're going to see his attitude is, is still very much one of rebellion. Let's today seek to do the will of God because we want to, not because we have to.